Welcome to episode 6 of Keep Agile, Keep Farming with your hosts Nick and Gwen. The topic this time is sustainable beef farming and how to adapt it to make it more profitable and measurable to produce quality beef. And we're delighted to be joined by Ian Wheel and James Wright to give their perspective on what to focus on in order to increase sustainability and adapt to changing consumer demands. They will also share some insights about an app called Breeder, that is currently helping beef farmers in the UK to improve the sustainability of their businesses and become more agile in the process. Ian grew up on a 5,000-acre farm in Australia with a forward-thinking dad farming crops, cattle and sheep. Growing up with somebody always looking at how to improve and optimize his operations, as well as having worked in the supply chain from a consulting perspective, inspired Ian to come up with new ideas to help farmers essentially to keep better track on improvements in their system and make more informed decisions. James is the first farmer in his family for hundreds of years and by being open to applying new technology, that has enabled him to grow a beef producing farm from scratch. Today, James is also working for Breeder, which brought this technology in the form of an app to the market. That's how James got connected to Ian, who is the founder and CEO of Breeder. I wanted to pick their brains on some of the challenges that beef farmers are facing when it comes to sustainable beef production and what it actually means to them. Here's what they had to say on that, starting with Ian. All sustainability in farming starts with commercial sustainability. So if you're not making money and you're not able to manage the profitability and the performance of your livestock to be able to um, build a sustainable business, then all of the other elements of sustainability, be it the environment, be it your local community, um, be it your own family, all of them go by the wayside. So I think, you know, from our perspective, um, we're really here to help farmers become more sustainable and starting with commercial sustainability. But what we're actually seeing is um, when they are becoming more productive and more sustainable from a commercial perspective, they're having big impacts on reducing emissions and environment, uh, improving the environment on their farm. And I think um, I'll, I'll let James comment now, I suppose, on a, on a bit about British farming and some of the challenges that's now under when it comes to sort of sustainability as well. Yeah, so, I mean, um, the UK for, since sort of the Second World War has subsidised the production of food. Um, so farmers, about a third of their income is government government subsidy that's, that's previously, previously been administered um, by the EU. Um, the government has said that by 2027, they're going to remo- remove this subsidy and instead it's going to be replaced with a environmental payment. Um, but as Ian says, you can't be sustainable in terms of as, as the traditional thinking of sustainable, which is you know, environment, family, um, you know, community until you've got that commercial sustainability. And there is a real challenge that farmers um, in the UK in the next seven years are going to have a third of their income um, wiped off with, with in many, in, in some cases, no way of replacing it because not all farms will be able to deliver the environmental benefits that come attached to these payments. So it is a huge challenge um, for the industry and, and it has repercussions for, for the globe because in the UK we are one of the um, one of the one of the few places where you can grow uh, grass-fed beef um, like like you can in um, New Zealand and, and Australia. You, you can't do that in, in many regions in the world. So it is a it's huge huge opportunity um, for the industry to to take on that mantle of environmental sustainability through through sort of being profitable. Some of the challenges um, over and above sort of being commercially sustainable and actually getting farmers 
um, and working with farmers to be more sustainable is what are the small steps they can take and I think trying to the first stage of that is listening to podcasts like yours and getting people inspired and looking to change and and looking to see how they can adapt their businesses um, and I think that cultural change is a big one that has to happen. I think the other things that we do see as a challenge to driving sustainability is how you measure it. Uh, a lot of people see sustainability as something different for everyone. So for some people, sustainability is making sure that you've got grass and uh, you're, you've got birds and environment and wildlife. For other people, it is uh, commercial sustainability and other people, it's uh, community and, and regions and people and, and so on. So I think um, how you actually measure that um, and how you get people to think about what sustainability means for them and, and how they're going to improve it is probably one of the biggest challenges. And I think we are seeing a lot of people starting to work towards and work together in farming groups and so on to, to move towards that. But the guidance back to farmers is still very complicated on what is to be a sustainable farmer. Yeah. So having this common or general understanding of, of what that really means so everybody's on the same page. James, is there anything else that you would like to add um, to that as well? or? I, there's, a, there's a real challenge um, with just the makeup of our industry as well. So there are big um, historical challenges. So the market used to reward um, larger cattle that were generally slower grown and required more feed. But in the modern era, um, the, the consumer wants to have uh, smaller cattle um, which fit in a smaller pack size. But that's a huge challenge for an industry which has built up breeds, um, genetic heritage over you know many decades to then compete with consumer trends and um, you know not only alternative proteins but other versions of red meat you know um, and ch uh, sorry white meat chicken and pork so you know there are huge challenges um, in in the industry not not only just related to you know new new consumer trends but the way the industry is set up you know it takes time to breed good cattle. Yes, <laughs> that doesn't happen overnight. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So can we sort of move on and, and, and talk a little bit now about Breeder, which is um, a tool that you've developed that can help farmers be smarter when it when it comes to sustainability. Um, can you talk us through how this came about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not an idea that was just born overnight, I'd have to say. It's, it's certainly something that I've revisited time and time again over the years. And I, I was always interested in electronics and data when I came out of university and went back to the farm for a bit. And I think there was never really a way of, of farmers to be able to aggregate their data well and, and actually put something in their hand that could drive action <coughs> and insight easily to make better decisions. And so Really, the idea for Breeder came from saying, well, farmers have and quite often have quite a lot of data that they've had to use for reporting to their customers, for reporting on animal welfare, for reporting for any number of reasons to government, that not many of them are using it for productivity. So how do we, now that mobile apps exist, 
our oldest farmer is 93 uh, and they're using a smartphone, how can we use that tool that exists to put decisions in the pocket of every farmer? And it, for, number one, it had to be easy. So we really focused on how do we integrate with all of the way scales and crushes and shoots that they have on their farm now. Um, and then how do you use that data to give real-time feedback? So as an animal walks through the crush, they can make a real-time decision. Um, and so that was sort of like where it came from. First, how do we help people make decisions in real time that drive the profit of their business? The next side of it was saying, well, that's great, but you know, what are we trying to achieve? And back to my experience about the consumer, what we're really trying to achieve is a more consistent, better eating quality animal. So we then built Breeder to be about, once you've got that data, how do you use that to prove out how good your animal is? And so that's why we built a trading model on top of it, because we sort of see it like selling a used car. You don't ever buy a used car without a service history, yet in the livestock industry, you'll go to a mart, you'll look at it, you have no idea where it's come from, what it's been drugged with, how what it's weighed or how it's grown, and you're taking a guess. So why can't we add that sort of data that you put in around your animal to sell that animal with a service history? And, and so that was the concept of pulling together the supply chain, getting people to collaborate, but use at the heart of it, just helping farmers make better decisions on the farm. And how is it going in terms of rollout and take up? Yeah, so so we're still very much UK centric, but we've got over 1,200 farms that have signed up in the UK in the last year. Um, we really only started started last year. Um, before that, there was a lot of testing. Um, we're still learning. We learn from our farmers every day, um, but it's going well. And you know, we're now starting to run and operate what we would call integrated or coordinated supply chains where you have multiple stages and people are sharing data up and down to improve their profitability and so far the evidence of the farmers that are on our system they're i suppose the data points that come back is they're producing animals with daily live weight gains of 0.2 kilograms a day better than the market average which it means that they're getting an age at slaughter five months faster this effectively saves 1.8 tonnes of feed, be it grass or grain per animal. So that it's having a real economic impact on those animals. And, and the exciting part about that is if actually, if you can produce the same meat quicker with more efficient animals, you're also reducing the methane output. And you're, so that uh, reduction in feed that you've got to feed them has about a 20% reduction in methane that that animal then puts out if you can be that efficient. So. The focusing on that commercial sustainability is driving real impact in the environmental sustainability as well. Yeah, I mean, you said um, one of your users is, is 93 years old. Um, how user friendly is the app? Of course, you know, m m most people have a um, smartphone, know how to use it, but they don't always use it to its full potential, i.e. using the apps. I mean, have you had to provide any support to people who are sort of less tech savvy? for want of a better expression. Yeah, I, I think having grown up on a farm, I learned one, two things very quickly. Firstly, when we bought my daddy's first iPad and he didn't use a computer, but yet we put an iPad in front of him and it worked straight away, we knew that we had to have that sort of user experience when it came to Breeder. 
Um, so we really focus on how user friendly it is and it can always be better and we're, we're always trying to make it better on that side. The other thing is, is um, farming is still a people business. We have a support team, we have a phone number you can call. We're not a blind app. Uh, the people in this business are as important as the technology and I think you, you need that because with what's happening within agricultural technology, our job is as much to educate as it is to provide a system. Uh, and is, is it possible to use it offline if people, you know, don't have a signal? Can yeah. they still enter data into the app? Yeah, so in a practical sense, it, it, it works offline. It has to um, yes. because there's not mobile signal everywhere. Um, it can capture all of your veterinary medicines through, say, scanning a medicine bottle. Uh, it links with majority of uh, wayheads that sit within a crush, so you get all of that data linked in real time on your phone as an animal walks through the chute. Um, it works with electronic ear tags um, so that you can track those animals along the supply chain, but also scan them in your own crush. So, you know, on a, on a practical sense, all of that stuff just had to work, and that's why it took us so long to develop it, to make it easy, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good, good stuff. Gwen? Okay, so final question from, from me. Um, I know you've just been to uh, the Oxford Farming Conference um, and participated as a chair in, in a session of the fringe um, uh, part of the, the conference. And I think it was about creating resilience and certainty in the UK livestock supply chain and um, uptake of, of technology. Are there any uh, burning insights that you would like to share with us? I, I think there was two things. I think we, we had a great panel. We had someone from retail, from industry, from farming as well. Uh, the two the two big things is always think about your customer and what your customer needs. And I think too often we just want to grow animals and, and maybe we think a bit too late about when and where we're going to market it. So always think about the customer was sort of one of the big inputs. Um, and even the farmer that we had was looking into eating quality before he set up his system. And then I think the other one was, you know, it's never too late to start improving and start thinking. And and there's a couple of pointers that everyone on the panel had. And one of those is just start measuring. If it's just your weight gain, just start measuring. And the other one is start to build up your networks and talk to people and start to learn about what's out there. And I think get inspired is the big one. There's one of our panelists uh, put it quite well. There's only one thing that's certain in the livestock industry in the next five years, and that's good. It's going to be a lot of change. Yeah, there was just an extra question from me as well um, about the app. I mean, it's free, isn't it, to download? But I mean, how are you sort of monetizing this uh, venture? Yeah, so we are we're free to download the app and use as a basic farm tool, um, and we have a lot of people using that. Um, we then assist with marketing and trading, um, be that dead weight or live weight, and we make a commission on that. Um, and we're now working towards setting up more and more sort of integrated supply chains, which helps people market better um, and achieve better prices for the a better product. And I think for us, we win when they win. And, and that's the idea behind Breeder is that if we can help a farmer get more for his beef and sell them better, then that's when we deserve to share in that profit. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. And and you're planning to roll it out to other um, countries now as well, yes? Yes, we are. I mean, having grown up in Australia, it'd be rude not to. So that's yes. certainly on our list. And um, there's uh, we've already started some of that process, but uh, at the moment we are focused in the UK for the next few months. But 
um, if you are people are interested, then get in touch and, and we're looking forward to speaking to people because we started that process already. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, and just you may, you may as well just tell us what the website address is uh, <laughs> what, while you're on the subject. Yeah, so www.breeder.co. Um, if you go there, sign up for the international waitlist or in the UK, you can sign up or get in touch. So yeah, we'd love to talk to you, even if it's just for feedback, because that's how we learn. Okay, so this brings us to the end of another episode of Keep Agile, Keep Farming. If you've got any comments or suggestions, please check out our Twitter page at Agile Farming or go to our YouTube page, leave us a like or subscribe. So thanks very much for listening and see you next time. Bye-bye.